0: The Productive Woman, Episode 150. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast dedicated to productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thanks so much for joining me for this 150th episode of The Productive Woman. I am so honored and delighted to still be here after all this time and truly grateful that you're here with me. In this episode, we'll be talking about the weekly review and you can find more information and links to resources and references I recommend in the show notes for this episode, which are located at theproductivewoman.com 150. Before we start, just a real quick shout out to our sponsors, FreshBooks and Alt MBA. Alt MBA is a program created by Seth Godin for those of us who want to improve and, and increase our leadership and management skills, but are looking for an alternative to the traditional MBA program. Check it out at AltMBA.com slash productivewomen and I'll share a little bit more about them later. Uh, but uh, special thanks also to our other sponsor, FreshBooks, which is a great online accounting software. I've talked about it before. I've been using it myself for over a year now, and they're offering you, as a productive woman listener, a free 30-day all-access trial so you can find out for yourself just how easy and how useful it truly is. Uh, you can check it out at freshbooks.com woman. They have rebuilt Freshbooks from the ground up this year and it's not only really really easy to use which is great for me cuz I just don't have time to learn a difficult system for managing finances but it's also very powerful lots of tools in there for you to get a handle on the financial part of your business it lets you manage your business very efficiently very effectively you can not only create customized invoices and send them out from your computer or even from your smartphone, but they allow your customers or clients to pay online with a click of a button. You can track those invoices, you know, when your clients have seen them. And uh, when you, every time you log into FreshBooks, one of the things I really love is the dashboard is just, it's easy to look at, but there's a lot of information there. I can quickly see what's changed from the last time I was there and kind of know what's going on. I never have to wonder how my business finances are doing because it's all right there. And I've linked FreshBooks with my business bank account and business credit card. So I can see at a glance what I've spent, who owes me what, what's coming to all those sorts of things. It's a great tool for managing your business finances, FreshBooks is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial, I, no credit card required as far as I know, uh, to Productive Woman listeners. They love uh, productive women. Uh, and so to claim your free trial, just go to freshbooks.com woman and enter the Productive Woman in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Okay, so as I said, wow, we've reached a milestone at The Productive Woman, episode 150. There's just something about those even-numbered years that kind of get my attention. Um, Three years ago, when I was standing in my walk-in closet recording that short episode zero, I'm not sure I imagined I would still be at it 150 episodes later. I I wasn't sure there was enough to say to last a year, honestly. So I'm honored and happy to still be going and to be part of the community that's grown up around the idea of making a life that matters. And so I do have to start by saying thank you so much for for being part of that with me. This week's episode is uh, about another topic that was inspired by conversations in the productive woman community on uh, in the Facebook group. Uh, and I've, if you're new to the show, we do have a private Facebook group for the productive woman community for the women who listen to the show. And you can join us there by going uh, to the productive slash group. And that should take you right to the group's page. And you can click on the join button there. And I'd love to invite you in. But anyway, in, in the Facebook group, there are tons of different conversations going. They've inspired a number of episodes, including this one. So recently, Shannon in the Facebook group posted this question. She says, looking for help and input, please. I have been using GTD. I'll talk about that in a minute, tweak slightly to make it mine, but in the last six to 12 months have fallen away from it. And as a consequence, feel overwhelmed. I kept trying to get back onto it because I understand the system, but I keep procrastinating on the weekly review step because it would take all day. I have to do two of them just because there's so much, one for personal and one for work. I don't have a whole day to review. I need all my time to do. Has anyone else had this problem? And if so, what do you do to fix it? Do you do more than one review per week so there isn't so much? Thanks in advance for any input. I just thought this was such a great question and I really appreciate Shannon for uh, posting it there. Uh, It's one of the things I love about the community is there's this transparency and this willingness to reach out for help. And on the other side of it, there's a whole literally international community of women who jump in with ideas. It sparked a lot of conversation in the group. And um, somebody even suggested, hey, Laura, I think it was Shannon maybe said, would this qualify for an episode? Well, yes, it did. I thought, you know, this is something a lot of us struggle with. And I thought it would be real worthwhile to share some of the suggestions that other community members offered and some of my own thoughts. So to set some context for that, let's talk about what are we, when we're talking about a weekly review, what are we talking about here? Um, as Shannon referred to in her question, it was popularized by David Allen in his book, which later really has become kind of a movement. Uh, his book is called getting things done. And I'll share a link to both the book and his website in the show notes for this episode. They have a ton of great resources there for people who want to be more productive, but GTD, when you hear about that, that refers to getting things done, the system that David Allen developed And a brief summary for even more background on this of what the the GTD system is. In the book, David Allen calls it a five-step method for managing your workflow, the ever-present ingestion and expressions of our experiences. And as he describes them, the five steps of the GTD system are, I'm quoting here, we first capture what has our attention. Second, clarify what each item means and what to do about it. Three, organize the results, which presents the options we four reflect on, which we then choose to, number five, engage with. So capture, clarify, organize, reflect, and engage. Those are the five steps of the GTD system as described by David Allen in his book, Getting Things Done. Now, oversimplified Um, the GTD system involves creating a process and a system for capturing and acting on all the ideas, information, papers, options, obligations, projects, all this stuff that comes into our lives. And it's using tools like a calendar, um, lists. Uh, He he talks about the primary lists in the the book, he refers to the primary list as being a projects list, a next actions list, what we might call our to-do list, a someday maybe list, which is a list of things we're, we might want to do someday, but we're it's kind of uh, set off to the side to think about till later. And then a waiting for list, which are those things that um, we can't take the next step until somebody gets back to us or something, other event happens. So the GTD system involves using a calendar, those lists, inboxes, whether paper or electronic. And the book outlines the entire system in a very detailed, very actionable way. And the uh, the website, gettingthingsdone.com, uh, offers a lot of resources and trainings that if you really want to get into it. Uh, a lot of people use variations on the GTD system, whether you're a purist or not, the the system, the pieces of the system are all pretty important uh, and can be adapted to work the way your mind works. For this episode, we're focusing on the weekly review, which is a piece of his system that he talks about, uh, as a means of accomplishing, Um, really steps two, three, and four, but mostly number four. So clarify, organize, and reflect. The weekly review is mostly to reflect. In the book, Alan says, everything that might require action must be reviewed on a frequent enough basis to keep your mind from taking back the job of remembering and reminding. Um, The whole idea of the GTD system is that if we're trying to remember things uh, we're we're using a mental energy to do that that could better be used for creative thinking. And so the the idea of GTD is to get everything out of our heads and into a trusted system, so our minds can go about their business of being creative and, you know, thinking deeper thoughts. So the weekly review uh, is a, a step in the system of looking at the landscape of your life, so to speak and getting a handle on what's there, what needs to be done next, and that sort of thing. As the GTD team describes it in some of their materials, the purpose of the weekly review is to get clear, get current, and then get creative. And um, how that breaks down, there was a there's a great article I found on simplicitybliss.com. I'll put a link to this in the show notes as well. Uh, where it talks about those three three phases. So getting clear would be, you know, collecting all your loose papers and materials, getting your inbox um, to zero, kind of processing all that stuff, emptying your head by doing a brain dump um, onto paper. So that's getting clear, getting current is reviewing all your lists and your calendar, making sure everything is current and correct. And then get creative is reviewing your someday maybe list and looking at maybe there's some things that it's time to get, take action on and be creative and think about new ideas. So that's kind of the purpose as the, the GTD team talks about for the weekly review. Some of the benefits of doing a weekly review are things like no more missed meetings or appointments or showing up unprepared because you forgot about it to the last minute. No more l- overlooked papers or tasks or whatever. But the most important benefit of a weekly review is you get rid of that nagging feeling that sort of looms over you that, that life is out of control and things are falling through the cracks. It's the, That's the purpose of this. It's not just another thing to do, but it's to get your arms around what, what your life entails, the tasks, the papers, all of those things so that you can relax knowing you've, you've, um, you've got a good handle on what needs to be done when and what can be left until later. So there are so many great benefits to this. Why don't we do it? Uh, you know, the biggest one is we we have so much stuff, so many papers, so many thoughts, so many ideas, so many projects that it just feels overwhelming and we think it's going to take hours to do the review so we just don't even start. Kate in the Productive Woman Facebook group in the conversation about this shared a really interesting article from Zen Habits called How to Do a Weekly Review in Under an Hour. And uh, the quote, one of the quotes from that article is that one of the reasons we put off the weekly review is because it can take so darn long. And if we get interrupted, it takes even longer. That's a really good article. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. So that's probably the biggest reason it doesn't get done regularly. Um, Or our schedule is so full, we don't have time to give it the attention that it needs. Uh, Either way, it's too much time to do it. we think and, and we don't have enough time to, to spend on it. So it gets pushed off and pushed off. And the problem with that is then we end up feeling like, all right, what am I missing? What have I forgotten? I've got a stack of paper in my inbox, or I've got this, all these thoughts looming around in my head. I haven't done anything about it. What am I missing? What have I forgotten? And that's, that's what we suffer because we don't, um, build this, this weekly review into our routine. And, you know, as a side note, I think we seriously need to consider why, if, if the issue is we have so many things on our tasks list that it's, uh, it's going to take forever to review them. Why do we have so many things on our list? Why is our schedule so full? We've talked about some of this in the past about why we take on so much and maybe that there's uh, some benefit to sort of backing up and pruning our list to, to begin with, pruning our schedule. We talked about some of that on the episode when we talked about the one thing, the, the book, um, I, I should have written down the episode number I don't remember but I'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, but anyway that's that's a side issue to continue to think about. are we putting so many things on our to-do list on our project lists because we f- we find some value it, it or we we find our worth in being busy and being needed and having lots and lots of things to do separate issue we'll talk about that again I'm sure. Um, so anyway, those are a couple of the reasons we don't do it. Another one is we just aren't sure how to do it. One solution to that is to use a checklist. I'll put some links, um, in the show notes to several options for, uh, checklists we can use for the actual weekly review process, the steps to take. And, you know, that can be really helpful to just start at the top and work our way through that list and do those things. And that'll give us a really good review. So that's kind of some background for uh, the weekly review, what it is, why we ought to do it, why we're not doing it. And I thought I'd spend uh, the rest of this episode with some sharing some suggestions for managing that process. And a lot of these ideas um, came either from the conversation on the Facebook, in the Facebook group from the Productive Woman community. I do like, I did some research to find articles and ideas about how people do it. I love the process that's used by Michael Slewinski. He's the creator of Nosby, uh, a sometimes sponsor of this podcast. Nosby's a great tool, a digital task manager, really good tool for managing your projects and tasks but he I'll share a, a post that he did um, on the Nozbe, on his blog where he talked about the process that he uses for doing his weekly review and it's really seven steps number one, he starts with thankfulness. And I love that, you know, start with being grateful that we have things to do that we, you know, uh, just being thankful is a great place to start. His second step is to clean up his inboxes. Uh, third is to review goals. Fourth is to review calendar. Fifth is to review projects. Sixth is to go back to the goals and I think there it's, you know, kind of compare our the, the projects that I'm working on and the things on my calendar consistent with the goals I've set for myself. And his seventh step is to celebrate completing the weekly review. So I love how he starts with thankfulness and ends with celebration. Um, number of people in the Facebook group shared their process. Kate was one of them. And and here was her response to uh, Shannon's original post. Kate says, I can certainly understand your frustration. Here's what I do and how I've modified my weekly process to work for me. Um, Number one, she does two weekly reviews, one for work on Friday and one at home on Saturday. They last no more than an hour and a half. Number two, I start by turning off all my external notifications, so she's not going to get interrupted. Number three, she says, I take out a single sheet of blank paper and I do a brain dump with a timer for 15 minutes. I, everything on my brain gets put on that paper, half-formed projects, to-dos, ideas, everything. Uh, I, that, you know, doing a brain dump is a great way to kind of clear your head and when you're feeling a little overwhelmed. that's That's my note on what she said. Uh, number four, she says, I quickly process my inboxes. And by that, she means her in, in email inbox, her in-tray on her desk, and that sort of thing. And she says that she adds to the brain dump list on her paper. That takes about 15 minutes. Her fifth step then is that she sorts the items on the paper, everything she's written down there, into categories, w- whether they're pro- a project a reference item or a waiting for, something she's waiting for someone to respond or waiting for something else to happen, and she puts them on an appropriate list. So she breaks down that brain dump list into three lists, a projects list, a reference list, and a waiting for list. Uh, she does that very quickly, just sorting. And that's an important key to the um, to the weekly review process. This is not a time to do the work, to do the the tasks. It's a time to review everything, not to do the things. She says this sorting process takes maybe 20 minutes. Then she starts to look at her project list. And most of them, she says, are on a someday, maybe soon list. Many are on a someday maybe list. So she's got a someday maybe soon, someday maybe. But these are things that you're not necessarily going to do now, but things you might want to do someday that you're thinking about. Um, Kate says, I have no more than five active big projects identified a week for work. I briefly scan my project list and make sure none of them are higher priority than the ones currently on my active list. If one is, I put the someday maybe soon item on active and move one out of active to someday, maybe soon. Um, so, and then she shares a little bit more there. Then she identifies the next action for each active project only. So she's got maybe five active projects for work. Once she has decided what those are going to be for the coming week, she, she looks at each one of those, those and says, what's the very next thing I need to do? And that goes on her you know her task list. Um, she's not filing or organizing or project planning or cleaning. Just reviewing what's on her mind, sorting quickly what she can. Um, she And, and so I, just some great things to do there. The intent, the, and here's the point. Kate says, the intent of my weekly review is just to get everything out of my head and into a trusted system, which for her is OmniFocus, then scan it quickly to make sure I'm working on the right stuff. So that's a really good description of the process and how it can work for a lot of us. There were other examples from the community. Leah agreed. She said she's not alone. She's had... Leah says, I've had to focus on saying good enough is good enough and trust that as long as I'm reviewing once a week, even if I miss something, I'll catch it the next week. And uh, she says, knocking out those two to five minute actions really helps them get off your plate. Leah brought up something. She uses the what she called the Covey Quadrants. After she gets her actions, so she's listed the tasks, the next actions we were talking about a minute ago, and then she puts them into the Covey quadrants. Um, and that helps her decide how to organize things. The Covey quadrants that she refers to is a matrix that's also known as the Eisenhower matrix because um, he was one of the, Eisenhower was one of the first to mention it, but it was popularized by Stephen Covey, author of the enormously popular, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And the quadrants or the Eisenhower matrix assigns all your tasks to one of four quadrants. And I'll put an example of what this looks like in the show notes. Things are either important and urgent, important but not urgent, not important but urgent, and not important and not urgent. Okay, so importance is the value of it. Urgency is the you know, time sensitive, does, doesn't need to get done right away. And everything fits into one of those categories. And here's a tip for you. I'm not going to go, I don't have time to kind of go into detail on this, but don't do the stuff in that last category. If it's not important and it's not urgent, don't do it. A lot of us spend, spend way too much time in the third quadrant of working on things that are not important, but they're urgent because somebody is, you know, come and asked us for it or it's making a loud noise and and it wants our attention and we don't stop to determine is this really important? Is this the best use of my time? Um so that's a great tool to use. Arena um, Seconds Kate's approach. So she really liked that. She, she does her, uh, she said the first time she did a brain dump of all the stuff she needed and wanted to do, it filled half of a Midori booklet. And she tried to organize it, but it was almost um, impossible because there was so much of it there. So she Um, just scanned the list and identified the projects that she, instead of sorting it, she just kind of scans through and what jumps out at her as as things that she needs to do and jumps on those. She doesn't stress about sorting them out all at once because some things will never be done and she doesn't want to waste time moving the items around. Uh, Barb agreed she uses Todoist, so she set up major project areas of home, personal, work, and then a someday maybe for home and personal ideas and and so on, non-current projects list for work. And she puts the actual projects she's working on for home, personal, or work under those main headings, and everything else goes into the someday maybe or the work version of that. Um so that's a really helpful way. She she says anything I capture that I don't want to do in the next week or so or isn't related to a project I'm actually working on currently goes into the someday maybe list and I really only scan that when I have nothing else to do and I'm scrolling through to do it. So she doesn't review her someday maybe list looks like every week. She scans it when she happens to be in there and and isn't busy. If she decides that something needs to be moved off the someday maybe list, then she'll move it into a current project. Um, so that's those are great suggestions there. Christine said she agreed that dreading an overwhelming list will put you right off the weekly review, which makes the list just keep getting longer, which puts you off more. Uh, Christine doesn't strictly follow GTDs. She set up tools so she can capture continuously, and she also processes continually, at work, um, and I'm, I'm quoting here, Christine said, at work, I use a single notebook in OneNote, along with a calendar. And for home life, she uses an a, a app called Remember the Milk, uh, which is kind of a, a to-do list kind of tool. Uh, and so there's some great, uh, more stuff in Christine's comment. I commend you to the Facebook group to look at that. Layla agreed with everybody. Um, but she encourages everybody to still, uh, even though it's over, it can seem overwhelming, that doing the weekly review is important. She says, I find that the weekly review is just like meditation. When you think you don't have time for it is exactly when you need it most. Um, and so she says, first step to get back in control, mind sweep for 15 minutes. That maybe I think that's what others have referred to as a, a brain dump, where you just sit and write down everything that's on your mind for just set a timer for 15 minutes and write everything you're thinking of. The things you feel most stressed about will most likely be the first things you write down, evaluate them and figure out if you need to do or delegate, then work your way back to your weekly review. She also does two, two reviews a week, one for personal and one for work. Um, she says, carve out the time, even if it means you sacrifice an hour over lunch, take your own or order in for a couple of days, the peace of mind will be worth it. And I agree with you, Layla. It, it can be overwhelming, feel overwhelming, but the benefits of doing it far outweigh that cost, I guess, if you want to put it that way. Emma said, um, she's gotten, in addition to uh, what Layla said about you need it the most when you don't think you have time. Uh, Emma says, I found I've gotten a lot faster as I've made it a habit. When I first started, it took three to four hours. Now it's one to two, but, and this is so important. I thought this was so good. What Emma said, she says, at least for me, and I agree with her here. I more than make up those hours by not ever thinking about what I should do the rest of the week because I just have it in front of me to do uh, really, really great, Uh, that's the benefit of it. You don't have to wonder the rest of the week. You're not, you know, as you're running errands or you're, you know, trying to fall asleep thinking, what have I forgotten to do? Because you took the time to scan everything, go through all your lists and your papers and make sure that you know what you need to be spending your time on. Joy said, uh, she's also split her review in two, but she doesn't do it on work personal lines. Um, She says Friday, she reviews what has happened and uh, she clears her environment and her inboxes. And Sunday, she says, is my what will happen review. So Friday, she looks on the week past and, and cleans up her workspace. Sunday, she spends time looking ahead. I think that's really good. And she uses a checklist in Evernote to remind her of what to do. Barb talked about that too. She says, I recently put all my steps for work weekly review as a recurring task in a project in Todoist, and I've tried to do it every Friday. She says, it feels really artificial, but I'm hoping as I get used to it, it'll start to feel more natural. Uh, I still can't work out the right time to do it. Friday afternoons, I run out of time because I leave work at 2.30, but Friday mornings, there's still enough time for things to turn up that throw everything out of whack. Uh, You know, the eternal (laughs) dilemma. So great suggestions there, great ideas. Some alternatives to a full-blown weekly review and by full blown weekly review, this is I'm referring to what they talk about in the getting things done book where you pull all your inboxes, your email, you literally go through everything in your email inbox, your paper inboxes, you know, all that stuff, look at every piece of paper and put it where it needs to be and look at all your to do lists and and Check things off that you've done, and add things that you need to do, and all of that. Maybe you feel like you don't have time to do that because it's too big uh, to do it every week. Uh, So here's some thoughts that I had to uh, alternatives to doing that every week. Uh, Maybe segment your lists and break up your review time. Uh, That's, in other words, maybe you're only going to you segment your projects either by work and personal like people have talked about but maybe break it down more like home projects and literally personal you know hobby projects and have separate segments for your list and review uh you know one of them each day or one each week and and kind of alternate them that's not pure GTD but if you're looking at everything regularly that's really half the battle even if it's not every week if you're alternating sections of your, uh, your lists, tools like OmniFocus, which was built on the GTD method. And somebody else mentioned that in their comments. That's what I, my primary task manager, it lets you assign, assign customized review frequency. So the review process is built into it. But when you create a project, you can say, um, you know, this is a really active project. So I want to review this every week. And I do mine on Sunday afternoons. But maybe less af- active projects, things that you've put on hold or whatever, maybe those only are going to get reviewed every other week or once a month, and I can set those reminders uh, in Omnifocus so that when I click on the review tab, it only brings up the things that are due for review that week. There, there is a sort of bare minimum review that you should consider doing at least once a week. Um, first of all, I would say look at your calendar for the next two weeks and see what's coming up that you need to put something on your to do list to prepare for if you've got a presentation next week or the week after what do I need to do in the next couple of days to get started on that what are the steps uh, then skim your active projects list and make note of any deadlines in the next two weeks that needed action that that will need action. Empty all the papers out of your purse or your wallet or your computer bag. Skim your email inbox to see if there's anything there that needs an immediate response. If you've got a paper inbox where you put things, flip through that real quickly to see if there's anything in there that needs immediate attention, like a bill that's about to come due or permission slip that needs to be returned. Um, Maybe consider if you use a paper inbox and you're not able to, you're not ready to start emptying that regular every week, maybe get a, say a red file folder and keep that in there and time sensitive stuff gets put inside that folder as opposed to just being tossed in the inbox and then at least check the red folder every week. Uh, when you're doing your weekly review, even if you don't have time to go through everything else, and then do a brain dump. So those are the things that I think are really a bare minimum that you should be doing regularly. Checking the next couple weeks on your calendar, skimming your active projects list for deadlines, emptying papers out of your, your bag, whatever you carry, skim your email inbox for things that need an immediate response. Uh, flipping through the paper inbox very quickly to see what needs immediate attention and then doing that brain dump just to get things out of your head. Uh, so that's something to consider. Um, definitely give your self permission as part of this process to delete things from your lists. Just because you put something on your to-do list doesn't mean you have to do it. You can delete things. You have that power. And sometimes we put things down down on there because we think we should do it or we thought we wanted to do it and it simply keeps rolling over and doesn't get done look at that and say, you know what, I'm just going to delete that. I'm going to decide not to do it. I haven't done anything for, you know, X weeks or X months. Uh, I'm going to delete it. If it's really important, it'll come back in my mind later and I'll add it back when I have actual time to pay attention to it. I encourage you to make liberal use of the someday maybe list. You really, I think there's real value in having a separate list for, um, active projects that you are regularly doing work on, and then a separate list for things that you might want to work on someday that but you're not doing anything about now. And as someone earlier uh, that I was reading their comments recommended, limit the number of active projects. No, nobody can work on 150 projects at, at the same time if you can send me an email out, let's talk about it. Cause maybe you should be hosting this show. I can't. I, and so our minds don't do very well being scattered in that many directions. And so a lot of things that maybe you, they were active, but they're on hold for now, move those off your active projects list into that someday or maybe list. And you'll look at that later. Uh, consider incorporating or and/or adapting uh, some form of Lisa Woodruff's Sunday basket idea. Lisa Woodruff uh, does the organized 365 website and blog. She's an organizer. she was a, our guest on the show. I'll put a link to the episode where she, she was our guest earlier this year. And she developed this idea of the Sunday basket. Um, where all the stuff that comes in during the week, papers and and things that need attention, get put into a basket that you then schedule a time. She calls it the Sunday basket because she does it on Sunday afternoons, I think. But schedule a time that works for you to go through it. Allocate a specific amount of time to the project. Set a timer And I would, now I, I don't, I'm not sure whether Lisa would recommend this, but I would recommend turn it upside down and start from the bottom of the pile because that's the stuff that's been in there the longest. um, And go through it one item at a time, work very quickly, be as focused as you can and, and just make decisions quickly about what, what is this? What do I need to do with it? If it can be done in two minutes, just do it. If, it, if it's going to take longer than that, schedule when you're going to do it and then move on to the next thing. Um, when your timer goes off, you're done. And if you didn't get all the way through, you put things back in the basket, schedule the next time, put it on your calendar. When's the next time you're going to sit down with that stuff and pick up where you left off? Now, some people would say, oh, but that defeats the purpose of a full review. Things might get overlooked or missed because you didn't go through everything. And you're Right but the fact is you're not looking at that stuff anyway and in my opinion some doing something is better than doing nothing looking at some of it is better than looking at none of it you know what i'm saying that if 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 the if you're not doing anything then starting somewhere get started do what you can schedule regular times to do it. And eventually you'll get caught up and it won't be such a mass of stuff on your lists or papers in your inboxes that need, uh, need your attention. And it won't be so overwhelming once it becomes a routine, but it's better to start than not. Okay. Um, Another thing I would suggest is have a regular time for this routine. Put it on your calendar as an appointment with your CEO, which is you, um, for your work life. A lot of people like to do this on Friday afternoons. Uh, That's kind of what I like to do. The advantage there is it clears the decks and you can, you know, this assumes you work a a nine to five, you know, Monday through Friday. Uh, If you do it Friday afternoons, you can go home for the weekend knowing things are under control and you're set up to start strong on Monday. I like to kind of do it like early to mid afternoon, maybe after lunch when there's kind of a, a, energy lull anyway, um, I can get through this stuff, get a handle on things. And there's still time after that. If I find in my review process that there are things that need other people's input or attention, there's still time to make a call or send an email and say, Hey, what about this thing? Let's talk on Monday or something like that. Um, So that that works for me. Christine noted that she said, recently, I found doing my what she calls life governance duties on Friday evening makes me feel much more relaxed. Sure, I'd like to stop work at 4pm and just unwind, but the unwinding is much sweeter when I've done all my review crap, set up the next week's calendars and put in my grocery order. So you know, that's the advantage of doing it Friday afternoon evening. But if Friday afternoons don't work for you, maybe you can do it first thing Monday morning just find a time that does work for you. And this is I'm talking about work for personal life. A lot of people like doing Sunday afternoons. We we talked about Sunday routines in episode 141. There's some great suggestions there uh, also from the community. But any time or day or time can work. The point is to create a habit, make it a routine, make it put it on your calendar as an appointment with yourself. And the last thought is to, um, a couple people suggested this, and I really like this. Make it kind of a special event, creating an environment that makes it a more enjoyable experience uh, and just enjoy the process and the feeling of getting a handle on your life. Shauna said, um, This Sunday, I went to a coffee shop with a notebook and my laptop. She had talked about her her checklist or her to-do list are just out of control. She says, I ordered a drink and a treat, and then I sat down and brain dumped onto paper. If something was already in to-do list, I didn't put it on the paper list. After I did my brain dump, I reviewed my personal to-do list and reorganized it, prioritized and deprioritized it and then added my paper to do list to my electronic version, looked at the tasks for this week and tweaked the priorities. Um, And so she, you know, she kind of talked about what she put into it, got her calendar under control and all those things. But the point is, she kind of for her, it was her to-do list and and reviewing all of that that was making her kind of crazed. So she made an event out of it, left the house, went to a coffee shop, ordered herself a treat and just sat down and did it. Christine, I love this, says, I have also been known to put on my sweatpants, pour a glass of whiskey, and then do my Friday review. It just helps it feel more like part of my weekend winding down than a big chore. So the idea there is to, you know, make it a little, little, uh, more pleasant, uh, have your beverage of choice and maybe play some music you enjoy and just get it done. Um, Some great suggestions there. The point of a weekly review is just to give your brain evidence that the system can be trusted, that everything important is captured and will be attended to if and when appropriate. That lets your brain let go of trying to remember this stuff and move on to more important things like creative thinking and just plain enjoying your life. And that's the value of it. Um, We've hit the highlights here. There's so much more to it. I do recommend David Allen's book, Getting Things Done, for a really good thorough review. Uh, There are lots of resources on their website. uh, And so uh, check it out. And I want to say a special thank you to Shannon for bringing up this topic in the Facebook group. And thanks to Leah, Kate, Irina, Heather, Barb, Shauna, Christine, Jen, Layla, Emma, Joyce, and Adele for chiming in with suggestions and ideas. So now what about you? What do you think? Do you do a weekly review and do you have any tips or tools that you find helpful in making sure that nothing slips through the cracks, whether it's tasks and projects or those, uh, you know, the, the permission slips and things that the kids bring home from school? I would love it if you would share those with us. There are a number of ways you can do that. You can share your ideas or your questions in the comments sh- section of the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 150, or you can post a comment or question in the Facebook group as uh, sh- Shannon did, as lots of other people have done. And uh, I, there are women from all over the world who would love to hear your suggestions, uh, and respond as well. If you want to share your thoughts with me privately, you can do that by emailing your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. And I'd love to hear from you. If you enjoyed this episode or any other, would you do me a favor and help me spread the word? Tell a friend about The Productive Woman, invite her or him to to join the conversation, show them how to subscribe and um, let them be part of the community. I I always appreciate getting feedback from listeners and there are lots of ways you can do that. Like I said, you can email me, you can post it in the Facebook group. You can also leave a review in iTunes and I always appreciate the iTunes. I got to say they don't make it really easy to do that. And so I always doubly appreciate it when someone takes time to do that. I want to say thank you to a couple of people who took that time recently. Uh, one of them, JMD317 from the United States, doesn't actually really care for the podcast very much. Um, he or she wishes the show had a bit of a faster, more dynamic pace and uh, shared some thoughts there in the reviews in iTunes. And I really you know, I appreciate JMD 317 for taking the time to share that perspective. I, I can learn from anybody and I don't expect everybody to pat me on the head and say, I just love everything you do. Uh, so thank you for taking the time to share those thoughts. Um, Wozy Wozy from Singapore, uh, did, does enjoy the podcast said, great podcast content and always relatable. Um, Wozy Wozy said, Thank you for your podcast. I listened to Laura when she was a guest speaker for another podcast. And when I listened to one episode, I knew I needed all of the podcasts from the beginning. It's been helpful, helps me to run through and sort my thoughts to have a productive life. So thank you, Wozy Wozy from Singapore and JMD 317 from the United States for the feedback. Quick word about our sponsor, Alt-MBA. As I've said, this is an intensive leadership and management workshop, an immersive four-week online experience, not, not sitting and watching videos, but actually doing work with other leaders in a variety of fields from multiple countries, multiple states, doing actual hands-on projects and applying the concepts you're learning while building a portfolio of work that demonstrates your increasing skills and knowledge. It's a program that has helped lots of people improve, over a over thousand people at this point, I, I don't know the total exact numbers, uh, help them improve their leadership skills and become better at what they do, uh, has a great... Uh, you know, most most online courses have maybe an 8% completion rate. Um, Alt-MBA has well over 90%, 95%, I think, 94 or 5% of the people who start this program finish it because it's just that good. So if you're a busy woman who wants, or a man who wants to learn and grow as a leader and increase your impact on the world definitely check out the Alt-MBA as a different way to level up your management and leadership skills. They are currently accepting applications for the fall session. Their spring session sold out. So I would say don't wait if this sounds appealing to you. To find out more, visit altmba.com productivewomen not woman, productive women. So altmba.com slash productive women. And for special consideration, you can mention this podcast in their application and tell them I sent you. Also, don't forget to check out uh, FreshBooks, our other sponsor. Take advantage of their special offer of a free 30-day unrestricted trial of their cloud accounting service. To manage your business finances, visit freshbooks.com woman and enter the productive woman in their how did you hear about us section. And thank you so much to Alt-MBA and FreshBooks for supporting the productive woman. And that, my friends, is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. As always, I thank you so much for spending this time with me. Uh, If you've been with me from episode zero uh, to now, episode 150, uh, wow, thank you. I I hope that you continue to find useful information that helps you make your life better. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember... Extend grace to each other and to yourself, and go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.